Hi, this is Nara Bonafidi with Good Faith Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, I Was Made for This, where we will be talking about identity, things like finding your real purpose and how God has an awesome plan for your life. Discovering who you really are, what you were made for, and becoming who God has created you to be is true freedom. So I invite you to join me as we explore and talk about God's goodness, His unique plan for each of us, and how we can experience victory in our lives. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I Was Made For This podcast. I'm so glad you could join me today. On my last podcast, we talked about boundaries. It was part one of a series I'm doing on boundaries as it pertains to identity. I talked about fences, borders, the holidays, Jesus Jesus had boundaries, hard and soft boundaries, and we're building on something. So if you haven't already listened to part one, I encourage you to do that because it lays the foundation of what I'm going to be talking about in future podcasts. So I've got something kind of, well, kind of fun. Part of it's fun for you today, and I'm calling today's message Under Construction. You know, you've seen those signs when you go through neighborhoods uh, about construction signs, and there, there's a lot of that going on around where I live. And I'll explain why I'm talking about under construction and how that relates to boundaries and identity. You know, earlier this week, well, just a couple of days ago, I was driving to an appointment, and usually it would take about 40 minutes to get to this place, to my destination. However, on this particular day, which was a couple of days ago, it was interesting to say the least. It took over an hour, over an hour, to get where I was going in every single road. I, I kid you not, the highway, expressway, and even some of the side streets were under construction. And even the parking lot to the office building where, where I was going, the parking lot was under construction. So I had to detour. I mean, my GPS was going nuts trying to get me to where I was going. Then it hit me. I said, I thought to myself, I can kind of relate to this. <laughs> you know, I feel that parts of my life are under construction. And I just have a feeling that some of you can relate to that too. <clears throat> I want to read Luke 6, 47 through 48. Actually, I, I want to back up a minute. When I said, you know, I think that some of you can relate to that. I'm a biblical counselor, so I, that's, I listen to people. I talk with people and I listen. So I'm sure that some of you can relate to this today about being under construction. Now let's, let's look at Luke 6, verses 47 and 48. Jesus says this, he says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. All right, keep that in mind as we talk about construction. 
And I want to talk about three areas of construction as it pertains to our lives, our identity, and to boundaries. The first one is new construction. The second one is renovation. And I'm including a third one here, even though it's not technically a part of a construction phase, I wanted to talk about it, so I threw it in there, and it's good, and that's maintenance. So first, let's, let's talk about new construction, and I'm going to use our house, my home, as an analogy. You know, I have firsthand experience with new construction because we built our home from the ground up. We purchased land. We chose the location of the home. We put our beautiful little, not little, our beautiful RV, our fifth wheel on the land, and we intended to move into our new house, our newly built house, you know, about a year later maybe. We thought it would only take several months to a year, and that's pretty normal. Well, almost two years later, we were still in that RV. Needless to say, we learned a lot during that time. You know, I won't go into the whole story. Someday I will. But for now, I'll just say, we had challenges on top of challenges. And we found out, my husband and I, we found out what we were made of. You know that old saying, if it doesn't break you, it will make you? It challenged our marriage, our stamina, uh, any resolve that we had, our faith, and, and especially our love walk. You name it, and we had to overcome it. Oh, and a little side note here, by the way, we, we had our precious dog, our, our beautiful Australian shepherd. Her name was Gracie. She was living with us in that RV during those years of construction. And she began to have seizures. And we dealt with that for about a year, a year and a half. And she actually died before the house was completely finished. So not only were we living in an RV and under construction and dealing with contractors and all of that, but we had a dog that was having seizures. And there's a miraculous story about Gracie, actually. We had so many people praying for her, and she was really brought back to life about three times. She, she was a miracle dog, but eventually we had to let her go. And I want to tell you, just uh, some of you know this and some of you don't, I wrote a book about Gracie. And if you, if you love dogs, and if you've ever loved a dog and, and they're not with you anymore, or you're just a dog lover, I invite you to go uh, pick that up. And you can uh, find that on my website, narabonafidi.com. Anyway, so the new construction was a bitter, sweet experience. But the final outcome, the final outcome was glorious. It was a God vision, a God plan. And even though there were some mistakes made, yes, we did, God made it right, and we have a beautiful home that's sturdy, strong, and just right for us. So what does that have to do with identity and boundaries? Let me tell you, when you get a vision from God, it's important to keep that vision alive and not let anything or anyone take that from you. My husband had this dream, a vision of this house. He had it in him for years. I didn't really even know that when we first married. I didn't know he had this in him. And it took a lot just to get it on paper. He wasn't and isn't an architect. So everything he designed, he had to learn how to do it. 
with the help of the Holy Spirit, and he did. You know, we had some people telling us and asking questions, and I know some of the things I heard was, why do you want to live way out there? Because at the time, you know, it was quite a drive into the city. And we heard things like, why do you want it to be so big? And some people said, or so small. (laughs) Why are you doing it this way? And we did listen to some professionals who knew what they were talking about, but we learned, we had to learn to set a boundary where unsolicited advice was concerned. Because if we would have listened to some of the naysayers or doubters or even well-intended people who just didn't know what they were talking about because they didn't see the vision, then we wouldn't have what we have today and enjoying it. Did it cost us something? You better believe it. But it was worth it. And I had to get in line myself. You know, it's important to have harmony in your marriage. And even there were some things I was questioning. But eventually, I had to get in line and in harmony. And when I did, things started working better. So I believe that sometime in everyone's life, there will be some sort of under construction feeling. You may be embarking on a new business or a new ministry. You may have just started school, uh, a new career, started a new job, a new relationship. You may have just got married. I know some people that are just entering into marriage. Maybe you're designing your home or you're about to build or purchase a new home. Think of your identity as your foundation for life, and I will say that over and over, like the foundation of a home, a house. And your healthy boundaries are like the walls and the roof and the rest of the house that makes up who you are. Boundaries are a form of protection for something you value. You'll hear me saying that a lot too. So now let's move on to renovation. Wow, for those of you who have ever renovated a house, you know what I'm talking about. I've renovated two houses. I've been involved with that process. And it's a process of taking out the old and replacing with the new. You know, I've watched these fixer-upper type shows and renovation, and I really like those. And I went through a phase where I was watching those all the time. I mean, every week there was some type of renovation renovation pro show, and it was fun. It was fun to watch the demolition phase and the challenges the team faced on every turn. But the finished product always looked amazing. And I could identify with that. I still can. Even recently, there's been some, in my life, there's been some rebranding, some taking out of the old in my life and replacing it with new and fresh God ideas. Because God's always moving, right? Now, it's been fun. It's been an adventure. But I don't really mind renovation that much. It's it's a little messy, but it's worth it. I know from talking with some of you and, and listening that you're going through maybe this phase in your life. There's been a drastic change. 
It could be that someone you love has moved to heaven and you're having to learn how to live with, without that person there with you. Things are different. Your life is being renovated. What once was is not there. So you're having to deal with new things, new experiences, and some of those things you may not even want. But in order to survive and even flourish in the present, renovation's necessary. You know, I'll just give you a little personal testimony here. When my parents, and this has been quite a few years ago, a long time ago, when my parents went home um, to heaven, the void it left in my life, it was real. And I had to learn how to live without their support, their laughter, their help, their love. But years later, when my brother went to heaven suddenly and unexpectedly, I found myself feeling like an orphan, even though I wasn't. It was a weird feeling to not have anyone in your immediate family still on this earth with you. It was just a strange feeling. And he filled a space in my life. And when he was gone, that space was noticed. So I had to learn. I had to learn how to live without my brother's presence. And I had to learn how to thrive in spite of his absence. And the only way I knew how to do this was to lean in to God. I had to allow him to fill that space. No one else could but him. I learned how to live differently. And eventually, with God's help, I came through a rough time and learned how to have victory, victory over the sense of loss. I'm going to come back to that in future podcasts, how we can have victory over loss and how to combat the fear of loss, which is something I've had to do. I'm going to have a precious woman on this podcast in the near future. I'm excited about it. She has a wonderful testimony of how she learned how to live in victory after her husband passed away. I'm looking forward to sharing her story with you. I I think you will really benefit from it, some of you. You know, whatever the case may be, you may find yourself in a very different season and you may feel unprepared. I'm going to say that again, unprepared, because that's where I was just not too long ago. I have, and even just recently. Now, this is where your true identity kicks in. It's possible, it's possible to weather any storm by knowing who you are in Christ. Now, I know that statement may seem strange to some of you, and some of you already know that, and some of you may not even agree with it at this point because you're going through such a hard time. But the truth is, God's Word is full, full of promises for us to overcome anything anything that presents itself to us because we were created. It's in our DNA. It's in our spiritual DNA. It's in our identity. We were created to be overcomers. You know, you may be entering a season where you have a blended family. I know some people like that right now, and that can be challenging. You may still be living in your own house, but new people are coming in. That's a life renovation, right? It's a whole new set of family dynamics. Or you may be moving to another state, leaving your home and all that is familiar to you. That's definitely renovation. 
if that's you, remember your, your identity is your foundation. And I had to remember that when I left my home and all that was familiar to me and move across the country. If it hadn't been for my foundation, my, my identity in Christ, I would have bailed and I would have moved back to Texas in a heartbeat. But I let the life renovation do its thing with God in it. And now what I have is beautiful. Some of you are building upon what you already have. That's a part of renovation. You're, you're keeping the bones of your business or your vision or your ministry. But things are changing. They're being rearranged. And some new things are being brought in. A season of renovation. But the end result will be amazing if you continue to let God lead you in the process. That's the key. And you may feel that everything's changing around you. But remember, your foundation is not changing, just the other parts. This renovation stage is where a lot of change occurs. This is where a lot of people get tripped up because so many people don't like change. Raise your hands if you like change out there, okay? Mine's not raised, even though I've learned to embrace it. <laughs> if God is in it, I want to encourage you to embrace it because it will come out looking and feeling better to you than you had ever imagined. Have you ever seen the couple who have their eyes closed, you know, and the people on the show, the, the uh, contractors, I mean, the, the stars of the show, they will lead them up to the house and, and then the renovated house is revealed and they're in tears about the transformation. They just can't believe the transformation of this old run-down house that needed repair and went through a tough time and has a history. But it turns out beautiful. That's what God does when we're being renovated. Hey, can I get an amen out there from all the people going through renovation? <laughs> I can identify with that. So I'm going to move on to, to maintenance. And again, I know maintenance, y'all don't, don't write me about this. I know maintenance is not technically considered construction. But like I said, it's, it's what I wanted to include in here anyway. Because it fits with the house analogy. And I feel there are a lot of us that might be in this stage when we're simply maintaining. And you may be saying, Nara, I'm doing all I can right now just to maintain. That's okay. It seemed that I was in a state of maintenance for what it seems like a long, long time with this ministry God has called me to. You know, we, we started jail ministry in Tennessee back in 2006. Then in 2007, I got the vision. God gave me the vision for Good Faith Ministries. And then finally, we became a 501c3. And it seemed that we stayed in a certain place for years. And I... I think of David and what it felt like. Well, I don't know what it felt like to be David, but it, I, it was like we were on the backside of a mountain, <laughs> shepherding sheep, taking care of little lambs, killing the lions and the bears. Then one day, renovation began. Hallelujah. <laughs> renovation. Can you be happy about that? Yeah, I, I actually was. Something new was being added. Renovation is different than new construction, 
you have to carefully choose and separate what you're keeping intact from what you need to tear down and reconstruct. This is where it gets a little sticky. Some of the old stuff may be hard to remove. There's attachments. There's successes. There's history. There's even failures you become comfortable with. There's soul ties with some things. There's codependency. Does this sound familiar to you? Here's what happened. We began to see new things taking place, and now more people are being reached. The good news of the gospel is going forth in a brand new capacity and at a brand new level and speed. God is ramping things up in these last days. I just want to say that. And I'm thankful that I went through the new construction, the renovation, and the maintenance. Each one of those has its challenges. But we make it through. And the end result is worth it. It really is. So for those of you who are in this maintaining stage, I just encourage you to have patience with yourself and the process. You may be right where God wants you. And to be a good steward over what God has given you is something that God honors. Have you ever been in a home where things were not maintained? You know, you can actually sense it. It just feels off. Maybe you you go to the restroom in that home and the water uh, doesn't get hot or the toilet doesn't flush properly. I know I'm going into details, but this actually happened. Uh, or maybe the walls need a fresh coat of paint and the cop- the carpet may need replacing. The AC is not working right. Anyway, you could go on and on. Now, there are situations where finances come into play here. And, you know, some people have to stay where they are until they have the finances to, to do some some good maintenance. But there if there are situations where finances come into play, But if money is not the issue, then a poorly maintained home indicates some underlying issues. And that's just the truth of the matter. You know, it seems that Ross and I are in a constant state of maintaining. And sometimes we feel like we fall short. And there are times where we get a little weary because there's a lot to maintain here where we live. But we know that if we don't maintain and become good stewards of what God has blessed us with, then we'll have to answer to him. I must admit, total transparency here, we're still working on some of this ourselves, and we have definitely not arrived. But at least we're working on it. And thank God for his mercy for when we fall short. But in the same way, in the same way, it's necessary for us to maintain and practice good maintenance in our lives. It's called good stewardship. We're required by the Word of God to maintain, to be a good steward of what God has blessed us with, our home, our relationships, our business, our ministry, our marriage, our family, our bodies. All of these things are under our care. The good news is that <laughs> the good news is that God will give you a good maintenance plan. If you ask him, you know, I, I was just in a home recently and we visited with some people that we hadn't seen in a long time. Their home 
was immaculate. It was an older home, much older, much, much older home. But the carpet was fresh. The walls were painted and clean. The air, it smelled like a new home. It had been well preserved. It had been well taken care of. And that spoke volumes to me about the people who lived there. They valued their home, even though it was not brand spanking new. It was better kept than many new homes that I've been in. It was cleaner than my home, and I got a little convicted in that. But the stewardship, the honor, the respect that these people had for what God had given them, it really left an impression on me. They set an example. I came home and started cleaning my house. So, do any of you feel that you're under construction? What stage do you think you're in? New construction is a sign of progress. Something new is happening. You're forging ahead into new territory, a new adventure in faith. I'm in that phase right now with a branch of this ministry. Renovation is a sign of growth. Some old things are being removed. What are those old things? Are you letting go? Do you need to let go? Are they things that may be dragging you down? Maybe they're obstructing uh, your view? Are there things that are causing you to doubt the dream, the vision, or even doubt yourself? Hmm. I'm about to branch out into some things. You know, the things that I'm bringing to you are things that I'm experiencing myself. And I go to the Word of God and I seek His advice. I seek His counsel. And I'm about to branch out into some things and it's an extension of something that already exists. But I'll have to let some things go in order to do it. A new way of doing things. That area is being renovated. And it takes the wisdom of God to know what to let go of and what to keep. It's called purging. That word purging? Mm. Now maintenance... Maintenance is a sign of good stewardship, like I said. If you value something, you will maintain it. Maintenance and good stewardship go hand in hand. And what does that have to do with boundaries? Well, if good stewardship is noticed by others, now this, this, was, this was eye-opening for me when I got this revelation. If good stewardship is noticed by others, then that sends a message that you have self-respect, which is a healthy boundary that I can't really get into fully right now. But self-respect signals to others that you place value on yourself or something, and they are more inclined to value what you do. Pause and think about that for a minute. When I came into the house that I mentioned earlier, the one that was so well-preserved, I almost asked if I should take my shoes off out of respect. And no one else had theirs off, so I didn't ask, and that wasn't required. But the question was in my mind, why? Because I noticed that they valued their home. And it stimulated the response in me to respect also. You could say, respect begets respect. I'll let you chew on that one for a moment. So, 
construction can be messy. Whether you feel your life is in new construction or you are in renovation or even the maintenance stage. I have some encouragement for you. And I'd like for you to meditate on these because I'm meditating on them too. And the first one is, do not fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 is one of my go-tos. I mean, I have quoted this scripture, meditated on this scripture for years and still do. Every time I go into a new phase or something that God is leading me into, I, I just meditate on this. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When you're going through things, sometimes that sound mind part, well, all of it, you know, is a struggle. But that's what we have in Christ, in God. And don't fear the outcome. I encourage you, don't fear the outcome if God is in it. Because if you refuse to allow fear, you are a better receiver. You can receive God's wisdom more easily. And there is a God flow you can get into. And faith can work for you. The second thing I'd like to say as an encouragement is to stay in the love of God. Stay in the love of God. Sounds easy, right? Well, it's possible. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14 says this, Be watchful. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. You know, we could camp right there for a long time, but that is my goal. That is something that I meditate on every day to let all that I do be done in love. And love is, and I heard a, um, someone that I respect a lot say this, love is the curtain rod that everything else hangs on. And I want to tell you, the enemy of your faith, your vision, your destiny, the enemy will make sure there are plenty of opportunities for you to stumble in this area. It will manifest in ways you didn't even imagine and through people you thought were on your team. You know, I've, I've heard this from, from a couple of pastors. I've even heard, it, heard a couple of them say it from the pulpit. You know, they may have a member, and I'm going to get into church just a little bit here, but they have a member come up to them, you know, and they've been there for a while, and they say, um, hey, brother, I'm with you. That was a great message. I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm your guy or I'm your gal. I'm faithful, blah, blah, blah. And then a few Sundays go by or, or some time goes by, and the pastor doesn't see that person or their family in the congregation anymore. And then he hears from someone else that maybe they got offended or, or for whatever reason, you know, they just didn't like him anymore and, and left. Or maybe they lost their seat on the front row. You know, I've known of fights happening about seating. Anyway, we won't go into that right now. But if God has placed you on someone's team or you've caught the vision of a particular ministry or a particular ministry really benefits your life or your family's life, then there should be some sort of faithfulness involved. You know, there's people that I know that have started businesses, and, and I'll promote their business, their product. Now, they don't do everything like I would, but their vision for that business is to glorify God and to help others. So, hey, I'm in. I'll stay faithful to that. 
It's the same way with a church. If God planted me there, then I'm going to be faithful to that church until he moves me elsewhere. Now, keep in mind, there may be legitimate reasons for leaving a church. And I'm not talking about that. There are good reasons at times for leaving a church. I'm talking about if God has planted you there, is that your community, your church, your pastor? And I'm sure you know this, but I'm just going to remind you all, because I remind myself of this often. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. And there are certainly no perfect people sitting in those pews. So we need to manage our expectations wisely, right? The third thing I, I would recommend is, is, per, is to pursue peace at all costs. Again, this is where I'm at. Psalm 34, 14, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I wanted to bring in a lot of scriptures about peace today, um, but for sake of time, I can't. But this one is where I'm at. I seek peace and pursue it. Peace is my lifeline right now. And since I've been in this construction phase in my life and my ministry, this one has become very, very important to me. I pursue peace. And I would encourage you to keep that peace, the peace of God that guards your heart and your mind, especially in the growing season. If you're in a growing season, a changing, a construction phase, I encourage you, seek peace, pursue it at all costs. Okay? Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you today. I would love, I would love to get your feedback on the podcast, and especially, I'd like to ask you to submit topics around the subject of identity and boundaries that you'd like for me to talk about, maybe some things to address, or maybe you have some questions. I've already received some great feedback from some of you. Thank you for that. That's great, and I'm going to I'm going to address some of those things, so, so stay tuned, all right? And, and keep that in mind, and you can go to my new website. Hey, the new website is up. Remember the under construction? We've been under construction, but it is up. It's narabonafidi.com. Send me an email. My email address is, it's simple, nara at narabonafidi.com. Or you can go to my Facebook page, my ministry Facebook page, and I'll be posting some updates there especially on our youth prison ministry, along with some other ministry events. It was great being with you today. And I'll be continuing this series on boundaries next week. I'll be talking about team building and labels and names. It's going to be fun, among other things. God bless you, and have a great day today. And remember, I pray for you.